Amen. When Sharla asked me to consider talking today, one of the ideas that I thought a lot about was looking into the parts in Scripture that were a conversation, that were a dialogue, either between God or uh, between Jesus and someone in Scripture, thinking about maybe Jesus and the woman at the well and Jesus and Nicodemus, and really talking, looking at how, how Jesus and how Scripture teaches us through dialogue and through conversation. And you can't get too far <clears throat> with that idea without thinking that maybe it would just be a great idea to have a dialogue and to have a conversation. And so I started thinking about who, who would be that person, and I started to say, you know, kind of with that idea, like, what, who, do, who do I think would do that? Who would be crazy enough to go for that? <laughs> if any ever culture approaches you with the phrase, I have this idea, r r run, run, fast. <laughs> Probably fair. Yeah. Probably fair. Um, but yes, so today is an organized but not very well scripted conversation um, about where our spiritual paths are. Uh, and, and, and we went to, into this brainstorming phase without a lot of uh, direction and really just saw what, what connected. And it was a, a great experience for me. Uh, and I chose Jeanette really because I've had the chance to be in several groups with her. And I, every time that she speaks, I find some wisdom and find something that matters to me. And so I'm Thank really you. thankful that you're here. Thank you. So with that, with how wise you are, I thought maybe it would be great if you start off with, what, what are you learning recently? What's going, what's going oh. on in your world? Oh, no. Oh, no. You were the one who was supposed to preach. Uh, you, you start. A little nose goes action. That's right. Well, then I will say, so one of the fun things about, um, like I said earlier, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm the youth leader here, and I have two young kiddos. Uh, one of them's in the back looking at me. And so when you work with kids and you have kids, most of your Bible time is spent in the uh, Bibles that still have pictures. And so the stories that I'm looking at are pretty limited. And Lyra loves, my daughter's name is Lyra, and she loves the story of Joseph. And I have been really taken to the story of Joseph. And, and we're, we're, most of us are probably pretty familiar with the story. Uh, youngest brother gets a jacket, favoritism. Brothers don't like that. They sell him to a group of merchants as a slave. So that's kind of his first setback in life. Uh, he, he ends up doing very well as working for, with someone in their house as a slave. Um, so well that some people get jealous and that doesn't work out and he gets put into prison. That's kind of a second setback. And then the scripture that we read today was a part where he was in this prison and he had what felt like the rescue plan, what felt like this moment where God was going to use Joseph's ability to interpret dreams of that cupbearer, and when that came true and cup, the cupbearer was put uh, back out of prison, was back in Pharaoh, that he would be able to tell the Pharaoh, like, hey, there's this guy, there's this Hebrew in prison, we should probably get him out. And what, what I, is not in the children's Bible that I think is kind of wild is that he, did, he not only was forgotten by this cupbearer, uh, but, but it was two whole years, two that, he, that, he was, years. that he was still in prison uh, between when the cupbearer was able to rescue him and between when the story continues. That and is a long time. Yeah. Two more years in prison. Yeah. And I've, I've just kind of been reflecting a ton, Jeanette, on 
how, how that time must have been for him in his spiritual life. Like the darkness, not knowing like what in the world's God doing. This seemed like a very plan. There seemed to be something going on here. And then. Yeah, it was dark. Yeah. It was a dark time. I can relate to the story of Joseph. In 2017, my dad died. And I had a great relationship with him, and I had spent some time. He had been sick off and on. So that was all good, but when he actually passed away, it was sudden and unexpected, and I never got the chance to say goodbye. And that was really hard. You can tell it's still hard for me mm -hmm. that I never got the chance to say goodbye to him. And so for several years, that really affected my life and how I felt about things. And then just as I was kind of feeling back to normal, yeah. thinking, okay, I've, I've gotten through this, my brother, who was my only sibling, passed away. And then in October of 2022, my husband Norm died. And I can relate to Joseph because every time I thought I was going to get out of that prison of grief, I was right back in it. Mm. And it was a, a really hard time, especially after my husband Norm died. I just couldn't sleep, especially those first few days. It was so quiet without him. And for weeks and even months, I had trouble sleeping, but I remember the, that first few days were so hard. And one middle of the night, I was sitting on the sofa, just feeling left behind and so alone. And I remembered that my mom was always comforted by Psalm 23. And so I picked up my Bible, and I had the NLT, which, we, which Bob read for us, uh, near. And I love that translation for the first verse. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. And I started reading through that psalm over and over again and started talking back to God about, really, God? Yeah. yeah. You know, do I really have all that I need? Because it sure doesn't seem like it. Sure. You know, and, and for weeks I, I spent time with that passage, and it was like, you know, God, the bills are piling up, and I don't have my husband's income anymore. Do I really have all that I need? And at some point it was, okay, God, what about now when the lock on my husband's van just broke and I can't get the door closed and I've tied it shut with a rope and it's raining and the rain is getting in and I'm afraid to drive it all the way to the dealer in Glenwood with it tied together with a rope. And it's a valid at, fear. At least, in, <laughs> at least in my world, that is a guy thing, right? And I'm like, really, God, do I have all that I need? And as I uh, sat there, and I, and I picked for weeks through that psalm, talking to God about all of it, you know, like, thou preparest a table before me. Ooh, that sounds good. In the presence of mine enemies, oh no, oh no, that does not sound so good, you know. And, uh, and it was really, it was prayer, but it was a different kind of prayer for me. 
I think too often I had been guilty of the vending machine prayers, as I call them, you know, where I, I know what I want, I've already figured out what's best for my life, I just put in my prayers and then I just need God to do his part so I get what I want. And whether that was heal my husband or let me get the job that I want or even the seemingly noble prayer of show me your will was, you know, when I prayed it, it came out like, okay, God, I want to do your will and I'm ready now, so let's see it and make sure you show me far enough ahead that yeah. I, I'm comfortable, you know? Yeah, I want to do your will, but only if I know exactly what it is and when it's going to happen. Exactly, exactly. Sure. <laughs> and anyone who's prayed those kinds of prayers knows that they don't really work, right? I mean, sometimes you get what you want, but more often you, you get nothing, at least for now, or... I, you know, I press the button for Snickers and I end up with like licorice or something, you know, which, yeah. you know, and so this was a very different kind of prayer for me. This was more along the lines of, okay, God, here's your promise. I see it in scripture. It's right there. Here's the messiness of my life. You figure out how those go together. You show me that I can count on you and you show me that you're at work in my life. Mm -hmm. And it, it, was, it was then that I had to pay attention, right? Because I still couldn't see those long timelines like we talk about with Joseph. Yeah. You know, eventually it, it, things worked out really well, but he couldn't see it when, it when he was in prison. And even now, you know, I can't see those long timelines, but the parts that I can see, the short parts, I'm realizing that as much good as I want for my life, God's not settled with that. He wants even more. For example, with the broken lock, mm -hmm. what I wanted was the lock to be fixed. <laughs> what I got was a new friend at the local gas station who not only was able to fix the lock, but now says to me, Anytime you have a car problem, you come to me. I'll take care of you. You know, which is more than I would have ever known to pray for, even. Yeah. And so I thought my life was about what I could do with God helping me. Silly me, right? What it really is about is what he can do if I only pay attention and listen to his promptings. And even when the circumstances don't work out the way I want them to, the, the promises still stand. Mm -hmm. I can still count on those promises. Yeah. Yeah, that really resonates with me. I mean, even thinking of, just thinking about how Joseph must have felt in prison. I mean, I, if, if he had any vending machine prayers at all, I would think <laughs> that they were not yeah, dispensing exactly. the Reese's cups as well as you would like <laughs> them to be. I mean, goodness. Yeah, I love, I love that too. You know, you're kind of saying, I've been reflecting on Psalm 23 and I'm seeing hints of that show up in my life. I'm seeing myself ask for a lock to be fixed and I'm getting a friend. I'm getting connection. Exactly, and, the, and those prayers still include petition, right? Sure. But it, it's just a different way. It's, it's like starting with God's promises rather than starting with my problems. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been thinking about that, uh, again, kind of that two-year period, and 
um, just how discontent I would be. And one of the ways I've been seeing it crop up in my life more, more practically is I've been trying to teach my two-year-old how to ski recently, yeah. which is quite an adventure if any of you guys have ever done that. It's, it's pretty fun. And so even yesterday, we were at Buttermilk on Panda Peak with some good friends. And, um, and, and she really likes this, the skiing where you're, where you're right in between your parents' skis. You guys have seen kids do that. Um, and you're, you're very well protected. And you can go a little faster than you even have the ability to go. Um, but, but I also, I really, really want her to be able to ski by herself, too. Because there's such freedom and such joy and uh, such a special... As a dad, that's, yeah. that's what you want, yeah. And so there's the, and so, but there's this funny friction that happens as when you're trying to teach, because I know that as I, uh, as I let her get out from between my skis and to do it more on her own, that she's going to fall down. And, and when she falls down, she gives me that look every now and then, like, what in the world? You were supposed to not let this happen. You Come know? on, Dad. And I, and I, think, I think about that. Of like, we, how, how many times do, is that... Does that characterize our, uh, our connection to God? Where we w- when we think to connect, it's in that way of like, okay, I didn't think that we were going here. I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, yeah, because we can't see ahead. Yeah. Like it's another promise of scripture yes. that, that God is working all things together for us. But when we're in the thick of it, we just don't see that. Yeah. I, you know what I really want for my life is one of those big lighted maps like they have in the shopping malls, you know, with the red dot that says, you are here. <laughs> it's like, I know eventually I'm going to get to the all is well, but right now when I look around me, all I see is less is well. Yes. You know, it's like, where is the more is well? Maybe I could get there, yeah, you know? And, and I think too, as Christians, I know I've felt this in the last year and a half in particular is we... We want to be grateful, and we want to be hopeful, and we want to express the hope that we have in Christ. And so sometimes it's hard to let those emotions be seen. Like, I don't want to make God look bad because somebody sees that I'm anxious or depressed or, you know, grieving. Mm. And, and I think it is a, a risk because some people will perceive it that way, but... God created us in his own image with all of our emotions. And I think it's unhealthy to try to hide those. Probably a little silly, too. But I, uh, I have been following Kate Bowler, and I know some of you are familiar with her. She is a best-selling author, um, a, a professor at Duke Divinity School. We like uh, people from Duke Divinity School we do. around here, don't we? We do. Yeah. She's also a stage four cancer survivor. And she, she has a new book called Have a Beautiful, Terrible Day. And uh, she's this, during this season of Lent, for people who request it, she is sending out an email every day with a blessing from her book and a reflection. And one of her blessings a, a week or so ago really caught my attention, so much so that I wanted to read it today. I have known thankfulness, but it all seems too scattered now. So let's start again, shall we? Perhaps I'll begin by taking off my socks. Who can stop me? Silencing my phone from its buzzing. Sighing like I am riding on a clipboard. 
how deeply disappointed I am. I am. What does that mean to you? You know, when I first read it, I thought, taking off my socks, you know? But it's so human, isn't it? Like, we want to be grateful. But first, we have to get comfortable. And then we have to deal with all the details of life, like the phone that's buzzing. And then when we really get down to it, we're still disappointed or heartbroken. You know, sometimes I think we need to sit in the snow like Lyra mm -hmm. and, you know, cry and scream and ran and rave and throw a few dirty looks at our father. You know, he can take it. Mm -hmm. he'll, he'll wait. And, and just get it all out and then hear him say, all right, pick yourself up. We got places to go, people to see. Let's mm -hmm. get going. I really liked the image you said about the shopping mall map. And, uh, and I think about even the, although it's not, it doesn't have the you are here piece all the time, but I think about the church calendar and us being in the second Sunday of Lent as a, as a map of, of sometimes we go through. <clears throat> we go through seasons such as Lent, in order to get to places like Easter. It's, it's a journey. Yeah, it's yeah. not the destination. It's, it's almost a pilgrimage that we, that we scrape ourselves through in order to arrive differently in a different spiritual place when we get to it. Yeah. yeah. There seems to be this friction between, between deciding not to be where we are and not, not to let yourself be disappointed and pretend and, and switching to the point where you're being so authentic that you really are being with the place that, you, that you're in and also not just staying there. Yeah, forever. yeah. Like, like, like Lyra, being, like I love the way you said, being on the snow and shooting your heavenly father a couple dirty glances. But you can't stay there all night either. No. Uh, no. Dale and I were backpacking one time in in Hawaii, and I know very little about Hawaii, but there's this, there's this beach that you can hike into, but it's a multi-day, it's long enough that you have to camp. And so we were getting a little bit of a late start and we got midway and kind of goes up over this ridge. And when we got to this high place, it started raining a ton and we decided, we were like, we should just camp here uh, because it's raining so much. And, um, and that made a lot of sense to us. And you'll find in a second why it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, but it, it rained all through the night. I mean, I hadn't seen rain like this anywhere. And uh, we, it was raining in the morning, and we were kind of hanging out, kind of waiting for it to pass by. And I was like, Dale, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. Like, and so eventually we uh, packed up our tent in the rain. If you've ever done that, you know that everything you have gets wet if you're trying to pack up your tent and leave, and it's really raining. And so uh, we hike for maybe 20 minutes more, and I kid you not, there's a wall of rain where you can step into the light from the rain. I mean, it was that clear. And we didn't know it then, but we found it out from talking to some people that that little spot is this microclimate that is always raining. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's something to do with the way the weather is pushing in and the prevailing winds and some I don't, islands, I don't know. But the point is that everyone who gets to this perfect beach where there's no buildings and it's just exactly as it was meant to be, has to go through this torrential rain. I'm just so silly enough that I decided to sit in it. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I think I do that spiritually too. I think yeah. I get to the places that are supposed to, 
to cleanse me through difficulty or, or it's okay, it's being painful. It's my falling while I'm learning how to ski. And I, and I, I, ha- I feel that friction of just wanting to wallow in it too and not move. But again, it's back to it being a journey. Yeah. It's journeying. It's not a destination. It's a journey through it. Yes. I absolutely yeah. like that. Um, so today, in this place in Lent, you know, it's a tradition um, within the Christian church to use some of your cravings, whether they're uh, for sugar or flour or whatever within Lent, um, to point you to God. And I know this is an interesting thing, but as we as we transition out of this dialogue um, and into the time where we normally would take communion, I want, I want us to think about this time as, as the cravings that you would have in a spiritual way, right? to, to connect to those and let that point you towards the hope of next week and the week after, that, that this is a journey and that we're moving through it and that we're not going to stay laying on the snow forever. Amen. Anything you'd like to add? Amen. Amen. Let's pray.